0: everybody welcome to the categorically romance podcast i'm sarah
1: and i am Bree, and today with us we have the one the only the queen reese ryan welcome to the podcast wow, thank you so
2: thank you so much for having me i am so excited to be here
1: we are so excited for the opportunity to chat with you so author reese ryan Congratulations on your most recent release, Waking Up Married, which is book number five in your Bourbon Brothers series. Mm -hmm. Do you do anything fun for your release day? Well, this release
2: day, just as last year and um, four out of the like five or six past years, I've had a release on my birthday. Okay. So, oh. um, so it's kind of a combo deal, and so but this particular um year when I had the release, I was also on. We're gonna get several deadlines, so I did like a writing retreat at a hotel, and so that's where I was. But I was working my behind off. Up until um, <laughs> release day, I actually did not sleep before <laughs> release day because I was on the tail and so then I had the you know release day party and stuff, and like I'm wearing a tiara and I'm trying to look cute and like I haven't slept all day, so, <laughs> so usually I do something like something simple like um some sort of cake or dessert or something I like. Oh,
0: that's
2: so, fun. You know, something simple like that at this point.
1: You know, it's been a lot, I a lot love of reasons, that so. so much. I love it so <laughs> much. Sure. You're at a writing retreat, so it's work related. But then when the work is done, you're surrounded by friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this
2: writing retreat, because, you know, we are in a pandemic, so,
1: yeah, yeah. or Panasonic,
2: yeah. or whatever people like to call it. <laughs> so I was just mean. At it the, was just uh, you okay it was just me at this particular writing because i was afraid to go to the hotel as it was period mm-hmm. and so yeah uh, it was just me well it was just me for a minute and then my husband <laughs> showed up he was like hey
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I, was
2: like, I, was like, I don't think you understand how writing
1: retreats work but okay i love you <laughs> so <laughs> is it helpful helpful for you to like Do you need to separate yourself kind of like from real life? Let me go over to this hotel for a couple of days by myself so I can just focus.
2: So I had never really done um, a retreat like that. For that reason, I've had I found myself in a retreat situation. Um, There was a a time several years ago where my husband um, worked during the week uh, several miles from our home. And so during the, it was, I was staying at a hotel and so I'll live at the hotel during the week. And, um, <laughs> so he, while he was working and so it was kind of like a retreat and I got to do a ton of writing. So, but I had never purposely taken a writing retreat like that. And so I didn't get, I was yeah. like, you know, I'm here all day by myself anyway, so I should be able mm-hmm. to get all this, you know, writing and stuff done, but I'm a very easily distractible person. Mm -hmm. And I did find that it helped a lot to say, hey, I went to this place, I paid money to be here, (laughs) and this is my focus to do that. So I I was getting a ton done. So that did help me a lot. And plus it helped me too that I'm part of a a writer's group called Word Makers. And um, so we do a lot of um, Zoom group writing sessions. And so while I was at the retreat, I was also Zooming with them. And so it was like I was was on a retreat with other people even though I was the only person in the room. So that was super helpful.
1: Were you all doing a lot of that before COVID? Because as a reader, I love seeing like, oh, wow, the writers are doing a writer's group. Like seeing how supportive you all are of each other. And I just wonder, like, did COVID kind of inspire that a lot so you don't feel like you're in it necessarily so much alone or was it something you all were already doing? So for me
2: personally, um, the thing I was doing prior, um, pre-COVID is that two other uh, local authors, uh, Bryna Starler, whose debut, um, which is a rewrite of of Anna Green Gables, it's called Anna Manhattan, is coming out um, soon. So she's a local author and Hallie Alexander who writes historical but like in a totally different period than than most um, people do and so we were going to Panera um, every Friday prior wow. to the pandemic as a matter of fact the last time I went out and ate was February 28th of last year <laughs> I think it was the day we went to Panera's um, and we had our last meal and then I went and got my nose pierced and then it was a pandemic <laughs> so, so, and, and my brain was never seen in public again so, <laughs> Because that's the kind of things that happened to me. So, <laughs> so yeah, so we were doing that. And so I did really miss that. And so then I was part of this word makers group that Tasha L. Harrison had on Facebook. And then she moved it off Facebook onto the Mighty Networks community. And so, yeah, it's, it's we daily have um, write-ins. And that is something awesome. new for me. And I think the pandemic did create a lot of opportunities like this, as well as a lot of these reader events that I've been a part of that are yeah. amazing. And I love those because there are readers who would have always gone to a reader event, and that's great, but there are a lot of readers who couldn't afford it, it wasn't accessible yeah. to them. And so now they can. They can go to all yes. these great yeah. reader events and connect with authors and stuff. So that's that's been an amazing part of the, of the, the silver lining of some of this awfulness. You gotta look at the,
0: the silver lining in some cases for all this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, Got I little- mean, as
1: readers, we can say like that is the awesome part about everything that's happened. Is especially romance authors. Yes, we have had so many opportunities to see you all on you know lives and you know different chats for bookstores and stuff. It's yeah. like it's been incredible. I'm like romance authors are taking care of romance readers. Yes,
0: yeah, <laughs> I, I can't speak for the other genres
1: because
2: yes, I, I do absolutely <laughs> feel that. I look up and I see you know, folks doing stuff all the time and I love it. And then that's what also inspired me. Okay. And that's also what's inspired me to do my YouTube channel because, you know, because I just started doing readers events like in the couple of years prior to the pandemic. And so I was booked to go on three more and then they all got canceled and stuff. Um, for good reason, of course, and um, so then we started doing these online things, and so I have been toying with the idea of doing a podcast or a vlog for a while, and so that's what, you know, I had the nose ring, nobody ever was going to see in public again, so so I was like, you know what, let's do a video, (laughs) Let's let's do a vlog, and so that's kind of what prompted me to finally go ahead and do that. And I, that's why I came at the angle of making a place where romance readers and authors could connect. So yep. I, I love that it's an interactive thing and it's a live stream because I'm lazy and I don't want to do I any love anything. it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so.
1: and I'll tell you, people love writing videos on YouTube. Oh gosh, love yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean. There's a lot of aspiring authors out there and it's like really motivating for them to just see somebody <laughs> else
0: sitting there typing. Um, is a big, big deal. and yeah, I see yeah, 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 A lot of, um, what do you call it? Where they, they do like, like you said, a writing retreat where a bunch will get together on video and just sit and write. Yes. It's awesome. It's awesome.
2: It seems so weird because you're still technically in your house by yourself. And yeah. especially if, if from accountability point of view, you think, okay, if you can do it here with them, why can't you do it by yourself? But there's something that's so much more motivating about doing it with other people, especially other people who have a similar goals. Cause a lot of times your family and stuff, they don't get it. You know, honestly, that's right. they don't get it and they're like, whatever you're in your room again. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but you know, with, it's great to connect with other people who do the same thing, who understand all your crazy, you know, your little quibbles and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So that's cool. And so it's like I said, with, the word makers group we meet every day and so like we have a running joke if somebody's not there for a couple days they were like did she call off today yeah. <laughs> so and then and people are doing it all time of the day so even if you work a nine-to-five or yep. you work you know some odd shift or whatever there's probably somebody on on one of yeah. the coasts east or west who is um got their room their zoom room open (laughs) and doing a writing retreat and that that's been very helpful it makes you feel less alone and it gives you you know some impetus to do some things especially if you're a little bit of a competitive person not gonna (laughs) name any
1: names (laughs) not naming any names (laughs) (laughs) making any assumptions
2: (laughs) but that's what it does help so
1: but we do have you on here who like published five books in a year once upon a time
2: (laughs) yeah it was like two years in a row i had five books a year and then i think a year or two on either side of that maybe i had like four yeah
1: so it was
2: it was crazy for a while and you know like i said i am a person who's easily distractible and i'm a person who you know unfortunately loves the rush of deadlines so you combine procrastination really this this rush of deadlines (laughs) And then I had all these other things thrown into my life. So I was helping with my grandkids. That was unexpected. And then the pandemic. So it was just last, last year, especially those last few months, was just a hellish nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, you know, stress and all of that. So um, things have kind of evened out. Um, you know, I'm not keeping the kid, grandkids as much. I saw them last weekend for the first time in um, several weeks. And, you know, I, I'm trying to kind of, I'm, I'm finishing one project at a time and stuff. You know, I was really, really hesitant to sign another contract until I got to handle all of the stuff that yes. I had already under my yeah. belt because I was so stressed. So now things are kind of picking up again. And so, and then with Word oh, makers, good. I'm more productive again. So I am... Excited about what all of the things that are coming ahead. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's So, you feel like you're like pacing yourself a little bit more? I definitely feel like I'm
2: doing that more. And another thing I'm going to shout out is uh, Sarah Cannon's, uh, another author who uh, right. runs a channel called Heart Breathings, first of all. So, first of all, if you're a writer, she is like magic. She has just a couple, at least two or three years worth of videos of all these helpful. Resources and tips and ideas and stuff for authors. But one of the things she has is this um, HB ninety system. It's a productivity system for authors. Anybody can use it, but it was designed for authors. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I've been I I've been there since the beginning, but I wasn't actually using it. Can you imagine that? It doesn't work unless you use it. <laughs> you <cannot. laughs> so every quarter, I would buy a calendar, and I'm like, I'm gonna set it up. And
1: then I? I never did. And so, <laughs>
2: so sounds finally, like me every new year I, with
1: yeah. a planner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
2: So finally this time I actually did it. And so it makes you look at, okay, how much time do I actually have to write? Because like you'll say, like, I have 90 days to write this. But in reality, when you take out, you know, I don't want to work on holidays and this is my birthday and I got this mm-hmm. and then I have this other obligation. Then you might find that 90 days is really 45 days. And wow. for me, that was like mind blowing. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you know, it, then it makes you you know plot out your stuff, and then you break it down. Your your here's here's my goals. Here's the projects related to those goals. Here's the task, and so it's yep. a super helpful system. So she has a boot camp that she does, I think like quarterly, and then the calendar goes with it. And so I did the boot camp from the wow. beginning, um, and then by just like I said, I, every time I would not quite you know set up the calendar. So this time I did. <laughs> This has been very helpful. So I'll, I hope to do that going forward. So. <laughs>
1: that, is awesome. that is awesome. So we are always interested. How yes. did you get into romance? And at what point did you realize you wanted to write your own? Has yeah. writing always been a passion for you? Or was it just you were reading romance, you loved it, and you were like, I want to give this a try? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so I always tell people I am so jealous of people who have cool, romance stories of like finding their aunts <laughs> romance me stuff. Too. My mother didn't read romance and stuff. So I don't I don't have a cool story like that, but I always read. And mm-hmm. so I have a group of friends that literally I met one of them in preschool. And and so I've known all of them since elementary and we're still friends now. And back then we would go to our library, which at the time was the size of like a corner store, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we would take out as many books as we could. And we would read them all, and then we would come back, and you know, as soon as that time period was up, and, and do it all again. And so I've always been a very very heavy reader, um. And so it was when I read *Pride and Prejudice* by Jane Austen as a teen.
1: Wow. I
2: I love the roller coaster of emotions. You know, you know, you hate the character, you love the character, you want to slap the character, yeah. <laughs> you are rooting for the character, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to give other readers. That experience, and so yep. that's when I first knew I wanted to become a writer. Of course, it wasn't until much later in my life that I actually did start trying to write professionally. So, um, but that's when I knew I wanted to be a writer, and how you know stumbled into romance. At the time that I started reading recreationally again mm-hmm. as an adult, I was reading a lot of chick I was heavy into chick and I was oh, keep saying it. I'm waiting for yep. it to make a full throated uh, return, <laughs> Cause, right? Cause, like, <laughs> In the UK it's already there, but you know, I want a full throat here. You know, all the pink covers, all that good stuff. And um, so I was reading a lot of that. And so when I wrote my first book making uh, the first book that ended up getting published, let me put it that way. Um, yep. making the first move, <clears throat> I was in a, a critique group that had started out pretty full and it ended up being just me and these two old dudes. <laughs> So I was, you know, writing and they were reading it. They're like, this is really good. So are you going to um, submit it to like one of those um, romance lines? Like, Quinn, I was like, like, why would I do that? And they're like, it's, <laughs> a, it's a romance. And I'm like, it's not a romance. It's just a story. And it has a romance in it. And it's like, so I didn't get it. So when they yep. said that, that's actually <laughs> what made me start reading romance. because until wow. then, oh, Okay. I wasn't really reading (laughs) romances. So that made me look at romances. And um, once I did, I fell in love because I realized every story I've ever really loved has a romance at the center of it. And so I'm like, why not make that the center of the story in in the first place? So I think that's part two of why you will always see my books kind of have like a feel of um, chick lit slash women's fiction or whatever. There's always lots of humor. There's always, um, you know, the the a heroine's journey and then you will always see the influences of the books that influence me to write, and that is Pride and Prejudice and Little Women by Louisa, Louisa May Alcott so you usually have some kind of unconventional heroine there's always some family yeah. drama yeah um because I just I don't know I, like I said I didn't even realize that it influenced me that much until I was like maybe three four books in and then uh-huh. I realized every single book Harken back to those two things.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Wow. So now I just lean into it. So that's
1: That's so interesting because I'm thinking of like Zora and Dallas, and I'm like, it really was. (laughs) There was confusion, (laughs) apprehension, nervousness. Like, there was so much, and it's so blatantly obvious. Like, people are telling them you've been best friends since you like, she like saved you from the bullies on the playground. Like, <laughs> It's so obvious to you as a reader, like this is your person, right, but they right. are going through the motions. Yes.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. And, like, and, and that's the thing about that particular trope with the, you know, friends to lovers, like your first thought is, okay, of course they should be together or whatever. They're male and female friendships and they're, they're super close and they rely on each other. But there is that feeling, because you do have that, um, Look, like, now, now, now I'm going to quote the uh, famous music soul job. No, <laughs> because I'm like, I think about that that one video of his, I can see the video, I can't think of the song right now. but um, And it's like, in the video, it's like basically it's about these two friends who try to become a relationship and it doesn't yeah. work out Yeah, what happens Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, and so there is that very real fear. So that is the one thing I do feel like is a real fear with that. So I understand why. People would have that kind of apprehension. If that is your person, you know, and then you rely on them and your best friend, you take that chance. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out
1: if it doesn't work, right? So, that's right.
2: Yeah, so that's where they both work. <laughs> <fun>. Especially him, <laughs> because yeah, like he just he kind of learned not to trust people. He, he had trust issues, you know, yeah. based on what happened with his father when he was young, and so yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I love that you mentioned Chiclet because yes. Sarah reads a lot more of it than I do. I've been wanting to get into Chiclet, but everything that I find online ends up being romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I already read this and I feel like, am I missing something? So <laughs> what do you think, what What do you consider the difference between yes. Chiclet and women's fiction Yeah, <sighs> um, and romantic comedy? And I, yeah, there's
0: a gray area.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have a hard time probably
2: because I haven't read a ton of um, the ones that are considered now romantic comedy. Um, for me, with the chick lit that I read before, it was always it always centered on the heroine's journey. There was a lot of humor and stuff, um, but it, you know, so, and she would always find love. The ones I've read, of course, she always would would find love at some point. But you know, her journey was just a huge part of it, and the humor was almost. It it didn't feel like the humor was something they were trying to do. It was just
1: yeah you know yeah.
2: the stuff that happens in life, like Zora falling off the bed, you know? Yes. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Um, I laughed so
1: much in the first half oh, of the book. It was so
2: good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I finally got a chance to reread it this weekend because that's the thing too with the busyness and the deadlines normally the first thing i do when i get my box of books is i yeah. read it and i hadn't had a chance to read the book
1: until this weekend so it's been my since i told you oh, wow.
2: wow. so
1: i was like okay okay <laughs> it was just like the the setups of everything it was i was like i don't even know if Reese Ryan is trying to be funny but like this is hilarious <laughs> it, was
0: so, it was so natural that's the best part it wasn't didn't feel forced at all it was yeah
2: thank you so much i appreciate that so because i I mean i feel like i I feel like you know you know how we are i feel like i'm funny but somebody else might just be like she's weird and that's That's true
1: too i embrace that when dallas pulled up and said uh there's video footage and you posted (laughs) it (laughs) i was like i died Especially when it was on the uh, the business account. The, the business, business account.
0: Because <laughs> why not?
1: <laughs> why If you're going to go, go hard, okay? Yes. All the
0: way.
1: Because <laughs> Zora's like, let's keep this a secret. Yes. And he's like, uh, you kind of already told your family.
0: <laughs> you kind of told the whole world. <laughs>
2: right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, one, one of the things, too, I love is just when a story comes together and, like, things happen that you didn't expect (laughs) and so like as I'm writing it those are some of the kind of things that I'm like hey what if hmm wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's no avoiding it then you know so just little things like that that would happen throughout the story or if a character does something like in my head I didn't expect that to happen so I'm like wow Oh, okay.
1: Let's take it. I loved story. it because how you did it was like, we're in one chapter and they're like hanging out in the hotel mm-hmm. and they're drinking. And then the next chapter, <laughs> Zora wakes up and I was confused at first. I'm like, wait a minute. I know they like wake up married, but like, where's the scene where we see them go out and get married? And so you're in it with Zora as she's like, yeah, I do have a ring on my finger. He has a ring on his finger. Oh <laughs> Uh, yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> and, I, and i will tell you even like i didn't say to myself oh i'm gonna make uh, a story just like this but mm-hmm. as i was because originally my original story when i um went to plot all this mm-hmm. did not was not this story for uh, Dallas and uh, Zora. I didn't know that they were going to be together and it was going to be a friends and lovers, but it was not this at all. But mm-hmm. for some reason, when I got ready to write the proposal, it's a different story comes up. That happens sometimes. Yes. <laughs> that happens a lot, actually. And uh, so, but one of the movies I love is, oh my God, no, I can't think of it. What Happens in Vegas? With okay. Cameron yep. Diaz and, and Ashton Kutcher. I love that yep. movie so much. And so I got a chance to do my own a little bit. <laughs>
1: Yes. See, I awesome. was like yeah. I messaged Sarah when I was I was like this feels like the hangover yes. movie which me, my mom and my sister watch and laugh every time. It's <laughs> like this feels like a female version of the hangover, the hangover yeah. <laughs> so, like we made this really bad decision in Vegas and we don't remember what happened and there's video footage so we know it
2: happened. <laughs> That's one of the things too I wanted to make well, make clear is like like she's like, you know, because the, the this chapel should be ashamed of themselves for marrying us in this condition, and not happy or whatever. And so I wanted to make sure that we could see that they didn't look sloppy. Drunk.
1: Yeah, Dallas is like, we looked yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, we, we just looked happy and in love, you know? <laughs> Blissful. yeah. Blissful. <laughs> so okay, you mentioned making the first move and love me not. Those both came yeah. out in 2013. What was the journey for you like to get published? So you were in that writer's group, the two old guys recommend you (laughs) sending your book to like Harlequin. What was the journey like? And knowing what you know now, what would you do different? Or what would you give, what would author Reese Ryan now? What advice would she give to author Reese Ryan back then? So I'm gonna start with that part.
2: And that is definitely, I would have started much sooner. okay Okay. in my career because you know like I said I didn't start writing again until I was much older had been married for many years or whatever and had kind of just let it go and so I would have definitely um started much sooner for sure um but as far as the journey (laughs) so there was um there used to be a uh website called Romance Academy I think and I don't want to confuse it with there's a a romance academy now, which I also love, um, but this was a different uh, website um, that was on a while back. I think it was, it was Romance University. That's what it was called. It was called Romance University, and they would often have authors come and do like you know lectures in in the form like a long blog blog post or whatever. And so they would also sometimes also have um, publishers. You could pitch to publishers, and so I had done a pitch to this new small press and it was for a story i had already pitched to Karina press in a couple other places and so they that small press said hey yeah we wanted to publish your book blah 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 and i just had this niggling kind of uh, i don't know and so mm-hmm. i reached out to Karina press to say hey you have this book of mine somebody else said they want it i really want to go with you okay. um so are you interested yes, and they came back and they said yes um okay. ronda merwarth actually is the one who bought it and and it was funny too because so that story was set in cleveland and she was actually in cleveland at the time oh. <laughs> I'm <from Cleveland. laughs> the stars, <laughs> the
1: story,
2: stars align <laughs> yeah, all stars stars lined up um so yeah so that's how i ended up going with them and i'm so glad i did because that small press that i had that bad feeling about they never really got off the ground so so that's how I got started in 2013 with a two book contract with them. And then I went to present the third, but for some oh. reason, I just like, I wasn't, I don't know, I just didn't, I, did, I just didn't feel like it was a right fit at the time for me. And so I didn't, um, I didn't pursue going with it. Okay. Um, so I submitted to them, they gave me an R&R, all great, um, advice, which I actually use all of it. <laughs> Yeah. And but I just kept stalling on doing it. And then I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I have been wanting to do some indie stuff. So I'm like, well, I'm going to make this my, a part of an indie series. Okay. And so then, you know, I was like, oh, you know, let me submit it to Kamani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did that and I got the We're just going to throw it out there. Yeah. See what <laughs> and so done. then I was like days away from hitting publish. And I was like, let me nudge Kamani and see what they say. And they came back and said, yeah, we want this book. And so the book I was about to publish was the prequel. They did not pick up the prequel, but they picked up that book in uh, several book series. So that's my Pleasure Cove series um, with Kamani Romance. And so that's how that happened. then while I was at Kamani, I was invited to pitch a series to um, Harlequin Desire. And that became the nice. Burton Brothers series. And then after I had already agreed to move over to Harlequin Desire, that's when I learned about the closure of Kamani romance. So
1: see, okay. and that's one of the questions we yes. have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, like is there are there any challenges for writing for two separate lines? I mean, reading Kamani and reading desire, I feel like they're They feel really similar, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a writer, so I don't know. Um, And then I I just have to, so I mean, you already kind of said it, but like, as an author, were you aware when you came into that line, like, hey, it's on its way out, but we still are pushing out books until, because I have, I'm very perturbed by lines ending. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm perturbed by that line ending, especially. I mean, I can't speak yeah. for all the other lines. Well, I can't. There is one other line that I'm still upset about them ending, and that is Blaze. Oh, thank <laughs> you. And now I will die on that. Yeah, book. yeah, yeah Blaze. I'm so upset about that. <laughs> I that love is Sarah's Grace, line. I discovered her in that like hollow holiday series of hers which I love. Oh, so, yes. Um, but yeah, that's so right. I did not know at the time that I went, okay. um, over to desire that they were going to be ending, um, the Kamani line. And I do yeah. feel like those two lines are very similar in terms of like the writing. Cause they both fo- focus on like, you know, wealthier, um, people, wealthier settings. They're both have a higher heat level. And so I did find the two of them similar. It's not like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. writing for something else that's, where, where there's a difference. Like special edition I feel is more like um hometown, you know, small yes. town and whatever and the heat doesn't have to necessarily be higher. You probably can be, but it doesn't have to be. So whereas with Desire for instance and maybe Kamani was too there, there's a requisite like two sex scenes or whatever. You know, a lot of times like Wilbert,
1: but you know <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever complained no, <laughs>
2: but you know so but I do find a big difference in writing now I write for Harlequin Desire and I write for Grand Central Forever which uh-huh. a single title and much longer and yep. it's like more traditional small town like I'm doing my I'm doing the finger quotes like people can see me <laughs> <laughs>
1: just know listeners she's doing the finger quote yeah 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 <laughs> So yeah, so, but I find that very different and I
2: am, you know, working on like, I'm trying to get the same kind of tight, concise feel that I have developed with my Harlequin desires because I'm trying to put so much story in so few words, Yeah, to continue that through into the longer um, storylines. And so that's something I'm still working on, getting a whole feel for that whole uh, thing. So for instance, in my first Grand Social Forever book, there's are hot scenes for sure. It's, it's uh-huh. a very slow word yeah but there definitely really are hot scenes but it's like way toward the end it's like a, a scene and a half or of of sex scenes or whatever this next one's gonna have a lot more than that <laughs> 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 i'm just telling you sinclair and Garrett, they're gonna get it on and it's like it's yeah. and it's oh, not gonna, I'm gonna be tame. So i looking so. forward to that
0: book i love yeah. the first one i'm really looking forward to the next thank one thank you so <laughs> that's that
2: is the story i'm working on and i have been taking forever Yay. with and my editor has been so patient with me because you know, going through the whole Panasonic. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> <it's been rough. laughs> so yeah, she's been super patient with me and I am working on their story. So as a matter of fact, as soon as we finish here, that is what I'm going to be working on is writing. Awesome. I think the first sex scene in that book. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, okay. I'm again, not an author, <laughs> but I would be so intimidated to go into the world of writing category where you know, you only have so much page space. And I can just imagine me being very long winded and like, (laughs) how did you I mean, when you went into that, did you know what you were getting into? And Mm -hmm. I can say like, I think that that makes you all very, very strong writers. And you can do whatever you want, because you are so used to only having so much page count and word word count and all of that so like yeah. what do you do you think for new writers like do you is that what is it one of those things that you feel like all new writers should have to do
2: <laughs> I'm gonna be honest I do think it's a great great experience for any writer you know um that's one thing like as a, as a, in indie you can do whatever you want and I've heard had somebody say well you know I can do whatever I want and that's great and mm-hmm. because there, there's definitely a market for so many of the things that traditional um, author uh, houses say no to, and yeah. that the indie market has shown us that there are is a reader base for. So that's fantastic. Absolutely, but I do yeah. think it's good to have some kind of restriction sometimes to say, hey, this story should be this many words. Get rid of all the excess. You know, yeah. well, sometimes a story might be, you know, maybe it is worthy of this extra 20,000 words. Sometimes the extra 20,000 words or the extra two two hours of that movie were unnecessary. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was fluff. Sorry, I'm just a little bitter. But anyway, I'm sorry. I I watched the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League this weekend. Okay, and I know everybody is praising it and all my friends love it. Sorry, Laquette. But I was just like, damn, this movie is (laughs) long. (laughs) <laughs> I sat there on my buns in that chair for four hours and it was, just,
1: it was a lot <laughs> so, a four nobody's movie needs to be four it was four buns, and I
2: did like some of the, the character roles that they expanded but I was like dude <laughs> I'm still mad King Kong was three hours and that was like ten years ago <laughs> So, whatever. But anyway, I do think it's good to have that restriction. And I'm going to tell you a story because, okay, so when I first started with the categories and stuff, I didn't really find it that difficult to stay within them. Mm -hmm. But I think as I continued, I started putting more storyline into the story. So, like, Mm -hmm. you notice in books, my books, usually there's a lot of stuff happening. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: So, I'm packing a lot in that 50,000. So, what I did notice is after I wrote Second Chance on Cypress Lane, which It's closer. Comes in closer to
1: eighty-five,
2: ninety. Yeah. I was like, okay, Reese, with
1: the thicker book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, which? But then I went to write my next category, which is this trilogy that's coming out later this summer, where it's me, Karen Booth, and Joss Wood. Joss just showed her um, cover of the first book. Um, They come out in August, September, and October. Looks gorgeous. The line is the last one, and so I wrote that book. And let me tell you. The minimum is supposed to be fifty for you know sorry the max is supposed to be fifty for yeah, yeah. for desire. <laughs> I try to turn my books in at forty five to give me room, you know. Yep. I wrote that book to eighty nine thousand words. <laughs> oh my god, eighty nine thousand words. I am not lying. <laughs> and the word maker group, they went through this whole experience with me. They're like, oh my god, what did you turn this book in? Oh my god, it's just seventy thousand words. <laughs> they're like all stressed they're all stressed (laughs) we're going through this this together and so i had to cut that book down Mm. again and again and again until i got it to the max which is 51k so i got it just uh, i got like you know 55 um so that is gonna be super tight (laughs) it's a lot of stuff happening in that book it's gonna be super tight but yeah so i did find that after i wrote a long super long book then it was harder for me to write to go back. book again yeah, so yeah. and even Zora's book that book I think when I was done was around 60k and we had to cut it wow. down to, to 51 so I'm just trying to get it back all in a flow the swinging from one side to the other you know so yeah. now I'm back writing a longer book again so we'll see
0: that's awesome <laughs> so for the for the series that you wrote with Josh and Karen How much input do you have? Like Mike, I've heard from other authors that they say Harlequin comes to you and says, here's our idea. Here's who you're working with. Is that true? Or do you have a lot of input? Can you, can you develop that?
2: Absolutely. (laughs) I love to talk about this actually. So what you're talking about is a continuity. An example of a continuity would be best example I can give you is the Texas Cattlemen's Club. Yes. Um, which is a like, 20 years, you know, long, or whatever. I, know. Um, I would imagine in romantic suspense, the Colton one is also probably something Correct. like that. Correct. Um, so those are called continuities. And so, yes, what happens is Harlequin develops, like, a series bible mm-hmm. and I mean, of, of what's going to happen in the storyline and who the characters are. And then they pick the authors. They invite you to um okay you know you can't just be like hey i'm gonna write this no that's not how it works so they invite you to be Mm -hmm. one of the authors in that series and so with the texas calumans club it's continually one mini series after the other and so there will be between you know six books and nine or whatever and they pick the author so and they'll ask you you know can you do this book book number four so they will give you an outline so when i first was invited to do that i'm like i can't write that that's somebody else's book i can't write somebody else's book mm-hmm. but they give you okay here's the four points that have to happen here's okay. who these people are and blah 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 and then you have a lot of room to play within okay there. so like for instance my one which is my favorite cover my favorite desire cover is um secret air seduction
1: yes okay Yeah.
2: Absolutely love that cover. So I love that story. But, you know, there's what they gave me. And then there's all the stuff that I got to do outside Mm -hmm. of it. Like, you know, making the sister from the previous book, Jules Bennett's book. A huge Mm -hmm. part of that story wasn't something that they wanted me to do necessarily. But I love, in a continuity, really playing with the other characters. And I will connect with the other authors and say, hey, I had an idea for this. You know, do you think your guy would do this? Do you think your guy... Would do that? Do you oh, think she awesome. would do? Would she wear this? Does she have a favorite? Karen has a story about me asking when we did um, <laughs> one. I'm like, does your character have a signature lip color? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I didn't want to put her in some like garish pink or whatever. If, if yeah, you never wear that. You know? She wouldn't
0: wear that. <laughs> that is awesome. So
2: I would do things like that, or like in one of the Texas Callmen Club series, it was the one secret air seduction. Um, there was there was a there was a secondary. There's always a secondary couple in those. And so mm-hmm. the secondary couple, like, we had information about them, but not a lot. And, like, I need to really know who the characters are to write them. So I'm like, does sure. she have a backstory? She doesn't have a backstory. Let me tell you what happened. She used to be married to this baller, and he cheated on her with this former um, child star. <laughs> <laughs> so I made this this whole backstory for her, and everybody else in the group was like, yeah, okay. Because we usually <laughs> communicate. <laughs> and they're like, this, this is great. That works. You know, so, because we usually communicate on some kind of... Um, a board like a facebook group or yeah. used, used to be yahoo groups and stuff we would communicate so that's how we communicate keep everything similar and then there's one editor who edits all the books to keep them love it continues wow. however that's not what this trilogy is this trilogy was very different okay. because <laughs> when i went to my first and only rwa <clears throat> in new york um a couple years ago my roommate was joss who's from oh, South Africa, cool. and so she said, hey, I have this idea for this trilogy, and I want to know if you and Karen would do it, and it's going to be about these foster brothers. And I'm like, hey, that sounds cool. We get to create our own continuity, so there's nothing in it that where you're like, I don't like this idea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can create everything yourself, <clears throat> and so we did that, so we, you know, That's we awesome. started the idea there in New York a couple times. We went out to get pizza and things like that, and then we came back, set up a Facebook group, you know talked it out about what the storyline was going to be about and all that and um actually it, actually she pitched the the general idea um to Harlequin and desire in new york okay and they accepted it so okay. um and then we had to iron out all the details and everything and so that was so much fun so that is awesome. i actually love that so much that i hope we do another one I already i already have an idea for another one so i'm hoping that- <laughs> I'm hoping the ladies are open to that because I have an idea for the next one. But this one is about three uh, foster brothers who were adopted by um, one man and they kind Mm -hmm. of um, fell out over the years and they end up coming back together when their father has um, a a serious illness. And so their father also runs this beautiful or once a beautiful mountain resort in Nashville, North Carolina. And so they're not only seeing about his health, but they're also helping to help write the ship with this resort. And of course each of them finds love. And so I, I love it. I love that. I had such a great time writing that. And I'm so excited for readers to read that later this year.
1: So when you have an idea like that, is it, is the pitching process hard or can we expect, to have the series, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, so you definitely are in a better position if you're already an author with them, of course, to be able to to pitch. Now, don't get don't get it twisted. There's lots of times where they're like, eh, eh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 or, or they might say yes, but you know, yes, but you need to tweak this, like so. Um, so there's some of that. So like, I have a new series coming out. I'm not going to go into a lot of it because. Um, uh, because it's gonna. I don't want to say it. <laughs> I, don't say it but I, I finally did pitch a new series to them not long ago, and so um that will be coming probably in twenty twenty two. Oh yay! We'll get started in 2022. But yeah, so yeah, and and there's and it's funny because I had another series idea that I did not pitch to them because I did not think Desire would accept it, and then. Another author came and did a series really similar, and I was like, "Damn,
1: I should have pitched mine, my storyline." Yeah,
2: <laughs> so I was like, "I did not think that they would accept a storyline about this particular topic." So you just never know, and yeah, lesson always,
1: learned: go for it, yeah, do I'm a pitch. It. And <laughs> I'm
2: always pushing stuff because, like, for instance, in this book, you know, there are elements in this book. I'm like, "Dang, let me do this." Yeah, but
1: they did. <laughs> that's awesome shout out to the desire team right <laughs> yeah, the desire
2: team. They, are, they are everything so i am so yes. proud of the desire seriously they're super diverse line you know they're doing all this experimental um stuff and letting oh, yeah. you know do stuff and and be a little wild so and their <laughs> i appreciate covers, y'all. their
0: covers are amazing Yes, They're
2: my, my favorite yeah. covers. Yes, like, honestly. Yes. I've been loving, just, loving, loving them. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I a- just
1: feel like every girl wants a pretty dress, and desire captures us, right? you know, unashamed, wanting wanting to wear a pretty dress. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, I love it. And especially now, like my earlier um bourbon brothers covers, they just had kind of that, that sparkle spotlight thing in the background. And now the ones I've had, all my recent covers have had an actual background, so I I've, yeah. I've been loving those especially um, the ones with the with the real background because so for the combination of the dress and the, the you know this beautiful yes. couple and yeah. this beautiful setting is just yep it's amazing I love it
1: absolutely. So with Zora, she's this woman that really seems to have it all. She has a really good. She, her family loves her. She loves her family. She's respected. She makes her own money. But she wants to be a mother. What did you want readers to take away from Zora's journey? Yeah, I, th-
2: uh, I think with all of the books I write and stuff and just the characters, I I always think about people in in my life or in the world in general who are going through, through different things. And I want people to feel like you know, that their happy ending is out there, you know, for them. So I think with Zora, it wasn't that I was like, okay, I have this specific specific thing that I want a reader to take away from her um, specifically. Um, but it's just this whole idea of you can have the things you want, but sometimes it's, it's going to require, sometimes it's going to require compromise and sacrifice. So I think right? Um, a couple of people have even mentioned in reviews that, um they enjoyed how compromise and sacrifice were a part of the storyline for this and i do think that like for you know we kind of went from this thing as women we're like you feel like okay you can only have this you can only have these things
1: yeah then it's yeah. like
2: oh you can have everything and then mm-hmm. we're all burnt out trying to have everything because that feels kind of impossible too so it's just like it's like hey you can have these things but maybe at this time in your life this thing is more important and at Mm -hmm. this time in your life this thing is more important and maybe you got to sacrifice a little bit of this to get that and so i think that's probably if there's any story (laughs) or any message (laughs) that's probably it and then that's okay the thing is that's how it is and that's okay be okay with that. if you want this right now instead of that nobody should make you feel bad about that be okay you you should be okay with that that's what you want and that's mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. our happiness you know happiness is the journey <laughs> but you know it's just things change over time people what we want changes over time and we should be okay with that even if everybody else isn't so i love that about zora who she, that she has this really strong personality and she knows what she wants
0: Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going for
2: it, (laughs) you know, I'm not waiting for Mr. Maybe who might show up eventually. I want this. I have the resources to do it. And exactly. I'm going to make it happen. And so (laughs) one of the funniest things for me, too, is Mm -hmm. when she's telling Dallas and there's that misunderstanding where he thinks she's asking him. To like, yeah, it's
1: like he goes pale. Yeah, <laughs> oh she's like, "Oh, uh,
2: I want your support, not the DNA."
1: Right, yeah. and then he's so, kind of like butthurt about it. His feelings are yeah, right? like, like "Oh, so <laughs> you're not asking me.
2: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> asking me?" It's like, right when he first he freaks out because he thinks she's asking him, and then he's like, "Wait, she didn't ask me." It's like,
1: <laughs> 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 yes, I'm not gonna say sometimes and do that too. <laughs> Yeah, I love that, like, here she is, this powerful businesswoman, and she could have easily fallen to the the trap of, like, powerful businesswoman who doesn't want a family, but she yep. was very open about, no, I want this. And, like, her brothers kind of gave her a hard time, and she's like, nobody asked you any questions when yeah. you got married and started having kids. Yes. Why am I getting this same, yes. you know, pushback? Ooh. So...
2: Even the, the that was one of my which, uh, Dallas asked, "Hey, are you sure you want to do this right now when you want to be CEO?" And she's like, "Hey, yeah. didn't, didn't nobody ask my brother?" You know, I love that. You know, I love that. so yes, my little my womanist and feminist ideas will pop up in stories, <laughs> in situations like that. Like even in. I think it's the very first book in the series, Savannah's Secrets. Savannah's <laughs> Secrets. There's, Secret, a, yeah. there's a, a where Blake is talking to Savannah about his sister, and he says that um, uh, <laughs> the mother wanted to teach uh, <laughs> Zora how to cook. <clears throat> but, you know, she had all these kids and she didn't want to have all them in the kitchen or whatever. And she's like, you know, Zora's like got a sign, like, you know, she wants fairness for brothers and sisters. <laughs> <you know? laughs> they don't have to learn how to do So, like, <laughs> Zora's character has always been from the beginning. That's awesome. That kind of person. And so that was one of the things I did find, like, a challenge in my head about writing this story is Zora and Cole have become, you know, fan favorites through the course of the series. And with Zora's character, she's always been kind of like the comic relief, you know, yeah. kind of like smart ass, you know. Her brothers point. are kind of
1: serious. Right.
2: <laughs> so, but now she is the center. And so like I was trying to balance that whole thing. Like I can't have just you know the whole book of her making these little smart quips, you know? <laughs> so yeah. like it was balancing that, but I wanted to at the same time stay true to her character. I didn't want to dim her light. But at yeah. the same time I'm, you know, trying to balance it out. So that was a challenge for that book in this series. And it also was a challenge in book three's uh engaging the enemy with Parker's character because he was like that character you love to hate. Yeah, and that annoying <laughs> brother's getting on everybody's nerves. So now I have to make him the hero that everybody has to fall in love with. So that was a big challenge, but
1: <laughs> it was
2: fun. And those are these are those are actually two of my favorite books in the series, is those two those two oh, books awesome. that one and this one. So
1: so when you sat down to write the series, did you already have Zora and Dallas in mind? Did you, you as you're, as a series progressing and, you know, were you like, okay, it's going to be her and Dallas. Like yeah. how did their friends to lovers romance come to be? So, <laughs>
2: so when I pitched the series to um, Desire, I did like a, a, two to three paragraphs uh two to three sentence i'm sorry snippet Mm -hmm. about what each book in the series is going to be out Mm -hmm. and originally it was just five books one for each of the siblings um the reason it ended up being a sixth book is because at the time there was the billionaires and babies series they had asked me to do and i decided to keep it in the same world keep a cousin make it a cousin it picked up right from where savannah secrets happened at at their wedding and um where it ended, I'm sorry. So it starts at their wedding. And um, at the time when I was writing it, it was supposed to be a Billionaires and Babies book. In my head, I was calling it Bourbon Brothers and Friends, and it wasn't supposed (laughs) to be a part of the series proper. And then when I went to write the next book, and I was calling it book two, they were like, oh no, that's book three in the series. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) that's why you have a cousin, in addition to the siblings. (laughs) So that's how we ended up with six books. But when I first wrote it out, and I drafted it, so I knew... I had a general idea of what each um, sibling story was going to be, so I knew Dallas and Zora was, was going to be a friends to lovers situation, and that's why you've always heard about their best their friendship throughout the course of the series. I always knew that, but mm-hmm. how they got together was different. It was going to be very different um, uh, about how they got together, and so this is so much more amazing <laughs> <This is> how it <laughs> came together instead. So I'm so glad for that change. Oh, and the good. other change was Cole's book changed a lot um Mm -hmm. because at first his is going to be like a secret baby story and so like his his story is going to be totally different um than that so but the rest of them were pretty much the same as what i originally had hoped for but yeah i do sketch out the ideas and at least the tropes the general tropes and stuff but like two sentences worth of what's going to happen and then after that everything everything you know even honestly (laughs) so when i turn in one book I usually turn in or either immediately or soon after the proposal for the following book in the series. You can't turn in the proposal okay. for the next book until you have turned in that book. And that makes sense because anything could happen, you know, if you turn in in advance, the story might change in a way that's going to affect the next book. So they don't want you to turn in the proposal until you have turned in that book. So even when I turn in the proposal of the book, even if that proposal is 14 pages long, a lot of that stuff just might not have it. <laughs> because, you know, I do like, even though I have a general idea of what's supposed to happen, I do like to really listen to what where the characters take me. And so I'm um, experiencing that with this book I'm writing. Now, that's another reason it kind of delayed me is Return the Hummingbird Way, the follow-up to Second Chance on Cypress Lane. Isn't the story I originally expected it to be? And the characters are taking me in a different place but i love who they are and where they're taking me and so i'm just trying to try to follow that lead so
1: follow that yeah that's awesome so i i just have to ask now since i mean you had those two years where you had five books published now i mean i've seen after that you had like three books published in a year how long is it taking you start to finish how quick could you write a book (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another thing I had to I know you like deadlines. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Take into
2: account is so there are books that I have written in very short periods of time. So like for instance, um uh Seduced in San Diego, uh, which was one of my, my very last Kamani book. It was part mm-hmm. of a continuity with Kamani. Um and so uh, that book, I want to say, I wrote the last like sixteen thousand words that I book in two days. So just,
1: okay. I
2: have had times where I could produce like that. But what I found is that now I'm just not in that headspace. So like mm-hmm. I like, and so I was like jamming myself up in deadlines. Like oh, you have written eight thousand words in a day before you can do that again. <laughs> nah. Sometimes my yeah. my brain and my fingers are just like Mm-mm. so. Now I feel like my brain and stuff is like, hey, we're comfortable at 3K. So do I have 5K days? Sure. But 3K is like where it wants to stay. And it, and I don't want to write every day. You know, I've come to yeah. that. You know, I don't want to write every day. I want to take the weekends yeah. off. and stuff. Of so course. that's another thing the HB90 system with, from Sarah Cannon has helped me look at to say, hey, I don't want to write every day. I don't want to write these days. I want to, you know, I want to do this. And so to account for your time. And that also, it also takes away the panic two for me yeah Sometimes because I be like okay I have 30,000 words left around this book and then but if I break it down okay this is how many days I have left to write this is about how many words I want to write a day oh okay that's not too bad I can I can do that so it makes it feel more doable as well so yes yeah
1: shout out to Sarah okay. Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I know she like really that's a that's something that she didn't have to do for other people and she did. Mm-hmm. And I think for that's sure. awesome. Yeah. For
2: sure.
1: So okay, you published Playing with Desire, which was your first Kamani in twenty seventeen. What was that experience like of like I mean, unfortunately it's gone, but and I So I didn't start reading romance till 2017. So I'm, I'm a little late to get to the game. And most of the lines that I read now Mm -hmm. are lines that are no longer with us. (laughs) And that is one I've been buying them off of eBay like crazy, but like, it's, it's amazing to see your name on some of those books. So (laughs) what was that experience like for you?
2: I, I enjoyed very much um, my experience writing for Kamani. I loved my editor, Shannon Chris, that I had at the time. Um, working with them, it was, you know, they let me do some fun things there, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was pushing the envelope there, too. I specifically remember... <laughs> I specifically, we need to get
1: shirts made. Reese Ryan on the back pushes the envelope.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> so I specifically remember that i had written this story because if you if you if you read playing with desire it is probably one of my books that has the most sex scenes in it and it's because it's the nature of that story and uh-huh. how that particular hero heroine is coming to understand that you know she can be more than one thing she she's a mother yes but then she also is the central human being whatever and so the whole storyline between it so there's a lot of sex in that <laughs> <laughs> so I mean funny. the title. <laughs> it's so it was so funny because I'll never forget. I've written stuff, like I guess I'm always turning stuffy and pushing stuff a little bit. And I remember I had written this one scene and whatever, and my editor comes back. She's like, Oh, I think that's a little too raunchy for this line. <laughs> 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 like, okay, we just tweak it a little bit. It's, it's still vibrating underwear, but st- hey. <laughs>
1: Hashtag tweak it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I just would love to be like a, a fly on the wall when the editor is reading. Right. <laughs> and has to make that phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, it was it was hilarious.
1: And like, uh, and she said it
2: so, I think it was in an email she said, it, but she said it so delicately, like she was afraid I'm going to be upset. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> first out laughing. It was hilarious to me. Like,
1: like, I was just pushing the envelope to see if you were going to catch it or not.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. I you. <laughs> I would say even in Second Chance on Cypress Lane, like, because it was supposed to be, using my, I'm using my quotation uh, fingers again, small town, you know? So, like, I'm, like, filling out what that really means and all that kind of stuff. So, like, one of my issues was, okay, Like, if you want to have a diverse small town, and this was a conversation, if you want to have a diverse small town, it shouldn't be a small town with brown and black people who, but in every other way, it feels white. You know what I'm saying? So if you want it to be diverse, let's make it diverse. (laughs) For real, for real. So, um, but, and so, like, I also, we had talked about, like, heat level and stuff, and so it was, like, a notch or two below what I normally write. And so Mm -hmm. when I was writing it, I also... I was like being like, it it felt like I was stifled because I just like, I I felt like I kept holding back because I'm not. So then I finally said, you know what? Just go for it. Just write the sex scene as you normally would. Let them Mm -hmm. dollar back as much as they needed to. And they did not. So um, (laughs) everything, and I'm thinking to myself, hey, had I known that, it would have been a hotter book in the first place because. (laughs) Instead of like I'm sneaking one in, I would have known. Okay, yeah, I can do that. So now the time
1: you didn't push the envelope, you could have yeah, Yeah, completely. Yeah, because I was like, like
2: I'm like I'm new to this publisher, I'm new to this this kind of Mm -hmm. subgenre, so to speak. So even though all of my other stories are also set in small town, um, and I now I do get the kind of difference, like. And oh yeah, that book, oh, my editor easy. really helped me make the small town like a, a person. So like yeah, you yeah. Know, Magnolia Lake, people know it, and Pleasure Co people know it, but I don't think that the the, the town itself is as mm-hmm. much character as Holly Grove Island. And so mm-hmm. now I kinda see, okay, yeah, what small town readers expect in mm-hmm. terms of that. But yeah, so now that I Oh know, yeah, because
1: small say- town romance love is
2: a thing. Well,
0: Absolutely. <laughs> very much. Absolutely.
2: Very much. So now that I know that, like I said, this book is definitely going to be hotter than mine. It can be hot
1: in a small town. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Look, what else they going to do, right? <laughs> She's like, one Walmart. <laughs> My grand is lucky enough, she has a Walgreens, <laughs> you know, in her small town. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and where I live, I like I call it smallish because it's—I mean, it's a lot of people here. I think technically the the I don't know maybe twenty thousand or something. Because really, technically, small towns like under like twenty thousand or something. It's a lot. It's a lot more than you yeah. think when we turn think in terms of like a romance novel or Hallmark mm-hmm. movie. With yeah, small town. And so, but we have the cute. Um, adorable idyllic small towns and so when I bring people here from other places and they walk to downtown they're like well, this is like a hallmark movie and yeah so I love <laughs> that we have a kind of combination of that and I am walking distance from my downtown so I can like
0: just walk oh, no,
2: down there and and all that kind of stuff and as a matter of fact I got a new idea for something when I was downtown the other day I saw something I'm like oh, I'm gonna put that in the book Holly Grove (laughs) Island is going to get this.
1: (laughs) Ideas come from everywhere, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. You just never know where an
1: idea is going to come from. Mm -hmm. So let's roll into our finish the sentence because that was actually one of our rapid fire questions. Yes. (laughs) 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 Yes. All right. All you got to do these first three. All you have to do is finish the sentence, and then we'll get to the rapid fire. Don't think about them too much. First thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Um, <laughs> yes. um, as ready as I'm going to get. You got this. <laughs> when I'm not writing, I'm um, hanging
2: out with my husband, watching murder mysteries. Nice. I we watch it. a lot of those right now. We are on Poirot, but we love like the British ones and stuff. So, look, I'm terrible at this because I always start talking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We, we love, like, the British and Canadian ones. So, like, mm-hmm. Frankie Drake Mysteries, Poirot, the Murdoch Mysteries, all that kind of stuff. Yep. We love those. So, yeah.
1: I love that so much. My husband and I do not watch the same kind of stuff. He's For like, really? I'm not watching Hallmark. <laughs> and i'm well, like he doesn't so i'm watch not
2: watching. Well, let me, he doesn't watch hallmark like the love love the regular love stuff for me but we watch a lot of the cozy mystery so like i love nice. the mystery i yeah. cannot do any streaming package that does not have hallmark mysteries because that's his yeah
1: love. He <laughs> that's awesome that stuff, so
0: yeah that's awesome.
1: Maybe that will be the way that I sway him. Like, yeah. Come watch Martha's Vineyard Mysteries with me. It follows There you the go. Guys. There you go.
2: They have <laughs> a lot go. of them. And like now we're starting to see some diversity in those as well. So mm, yes. be, that's
1: great. The next one is the most random place I found inspiration for a story <laughs> was.
2: <laughs> I didn't have an answer for that until we just talked about the bench. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because basically it was, you know, yeah, me walking, me driving through downtown and I got this idea for something I'm going to put in an upcoming story. So I guess walking downtown... Um, in my local town is where I got a random idea. For That's story
0: awesome.
1: Idea. And earlier you were talking about writing in Panera Bread. And I'm like, I wonder if these Panera Bread authors, like these people know, like there are three authors <laughs> <laughs> writing romance magic in our restaurant.
2: right? <laughs> well, let me tell you. So about that. <laughs> we were the worst. As a matter of fact, Bryna just <laughs> recently joined Wordmakers and we were talking about this the other day. We were the worst, so like we would go there every week to write, and what we would normally end up doing is just talking. <laughs> because <laughs> the one time I got some writing done when I was hanging out with Brianna at uh, um, Star, like at a, at a different coffee shop, but it was another person there, and the two of them were conversing, and while they conversed, I put my headset on. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> normally we end up talking and stuff so but yeah so that's one of the things i love about the groups is we do like a pomodoro situation where 25 minutes or 25 minutes 30 minutes writing whatever five minute break we used to do in between we used to say okay in between everybody said okay this is what i did during my 30 minute break but then people got too okay. talking in those two so then we did <laughs> 30 minutes, five minute break, 30 minutes, five minute, with no talking. And then at the end, everybody shares what they accomplished. So,
0: oh, nice. <laughs>
2: okay. So, yeah. So, I wasn't getting a lot done, a <laughs> lot of writing done like that before, And I'm not a person who likes to write at coffee places, because I always feel like somebody's getting mm-hmm. over my shoulder while I'm writing a sex scene. So. <laughs> yeah. What
0: you do. And I'm
2: easily distracted. <laughs> so, like, as I'm hearing these conversations and stuff, like, I'm distracted. So, I'm yeah. not a big coffee shop writing person if I'm there it's because I need to be or I'm meeting friends and if I'm going to actually get any writing done I have to have a on. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: fair. That's fair. Somebody's <laughs> walking by with their latte and they're like oh look look at that I hot know. scene she's writing. <laughs> I know. Can I read it when you're done? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Cut for you exactly yes <laughs> I, I literally when i have had to write, there like i'm trying to find where i can have my back against the wall <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay next is my most comfortable attire is
2: okay again people can't see it right now but i am wearing my favorite leggings <laughs> because... i love leggings and i'm one of those people who believes in leggings pants?
1: So, <laughs> me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who wears jeans anymore? <laughs> I have That's jeggings. Right Does
0: that count? <laughs> Jaggings,
1: right? <laughs> Even jeggings. <laughs> I have some jeggings. If I want to wear jeans, they're leggings. Okay.
0: Working from home is a thing. I don't think I fit into my dress pants for the office anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know. I saw, I look, on my wish list, but I'm like too cheap to buy them right now, is they have, um, Beta Brand has like these yoga pants, but they look like dress pants. Have you seen them? Because I'm, another thing is I'm always buying stuff off Instagram and Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so it follows me everywhere. <laughs> and so they have these yoga pants, like you could do yoga in them, but they look like dress pants. And so, like, One day I'm gonna. One day I'm gonna treat myself to a
0: pair of those.
2: There you go. (laughs) They're like eighty-five dollars. So one day I'm gonna treat myself to those. But in the meantime, (laughs) in between time, it's just regular old leggings. So
1: yes, awesome. Awesome. I have had three C sections, and so I was in the Walmart one day, and I'm like, they have leggings specifically for muffin top for nine dollars. Every time I go. (laughs) <laughs> like, let me sneak these into the car. <laughs> I love They're it. so comfortable, <laughs> and Seriously. they, you know, hide my stomach. <laughs> I love it.
2: I love it. Okay, look, I need to invest in those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, rapid fire. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> what is one of the loves of your life?
2: Uh, my grandson, my grandson's period, but um, uh, my first biological <laughs> grandson that I had is was like a couple of, a few years ago, and um, the boys are just amazing. They're funny and whatever you're, what have you, and they're funny and they're wild and they 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 drive me crazy. But I love them to death, and those are they are the yes. love of my
1: life. So, <laughs> aww. What is one hill you're willing to wholeheartedly die on?
2: leggings or pants <laughs> you heard it here first
1: everybody I, hashtag
2: <laughs> i love it and, and look i told you i'm terrible at at, at, at rapid fire my, second, no, this one, my second one would be That's okay. this whole um thing about uh politically correct when it comes to like changing your speech um that's a heel I'll die on because people it it just I find it so upsetting when people say things like that do you feel you're so important that it's more comfortable for you to use this this term to hurt somebody else that you won't change I mean like how does it hurt you to change what word you use to describe you know another person so that's a heel I'll die on you know a lot of times I try to avoid controversy when I can but when you when I get ticked off, I will write an entire diatribe, and that's what I'm going to write a diatribe on every single. Yeah, when <laughs> people you. start talking, <laughs> that, oh, they're all being politically correct. So, yes,
1: yeah, that's a heel of a. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a you know, sometime, you're not that important. You're- you're so passionate about it you're so pissed off it's like i can't not say it I, right. I know i know i'm like the
2: nerve review like there's, i mean and, and yes that means we all need to relearn things there are words that i never thought of as being offensive to anybody like tribe and stuff mm-hmm. that i used to use all the time that i didn't yeah. think anybody found offensive but once i learned that because that's, that's part right. of being a human being with intelligence is that we learn things and we change accordingly is yeah. you know you change that speech because if it's harmful to somebody why would you say it it's not gonna hurt oh, you yeah. learn yeah. a new word that
1: was, that was <laughs> definitely one we were all like find your tribe find uh, and we yeah. have good intentions yeah. but exactly. yeah i learned that one last year like that's Same. not a, a good yeah. thing to say and I was yeah like, and I was shocked find <laughs> your flock i'm saying find your flock now yeah. if the oh, birds like are offended <laughs> <laughs> they'll let you know
2: Yeah. So yes, it requires you use a little extra brain power. You're not going to die. That's right. It's going to be okay.
1: You decided to take out for dinner tonight. What are you ordering? Where are you ordering from and what are you ordering for you?
2: Okay. So that answer right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) is I just had the most amazing Thai food. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know what it's called, and I can't tell you the name <laughs> of the restaurant because you stole it from somebody else. <laughs> so, so, so my son, had, this is okay. So when I was at the writing retreat, my uh, son gave my husband some food that they had from this Thai place. He actually brought it to the hotel and shared some of it with me. And I tasted this stuff, and I was like, you really love me, because if I had this at home by myself, you wouldn't have gotten any. right. <laughs> so, So good. Like I said, I don't know what it was. It had like beef in it, like, I don't know, some kind of noodles or something. It was so good. I don't even know what it's called, and I don't know the name of the restaurant, but that was the Shizit. Oh my (laughs) gosh. That's that's what I want from now on when I have takeout. So
1: (laughs) that sounds perfect. I mean, there is nothing better than discovering a new favorite.
2: I know. I know. I know. Before that, it would have been at the mason jar tavern down the street from my house there's this thing called mason jar fries and literally it's like kitchen sink fries so like it's fries Mm -hmm. with cheddar and then there's a bacon and then there's um, bacon there's um um barbecued beef uh and (laughs) jalapenos All that stuff. So that would be number two, probably, is the Mason Jar wow. Fries from Mason Jar Tavern. But number one now is this this mystery Thai place that I have. To I was time. sold
1: at <laughs> Fries and Bacon together. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's so good. And then it's, like a good, it's got the shredded barbecue, whatever, because that's mm-hmm. one of the adjustments I had to make coming from Ohio. When I said barbecue, I meant barbecue ribs. And then we came yeah. back here, and every time it was barbecue, they're giving it to us in this little container. And I'm like, what is this stuff? <laughs> So it's like that barbecue beef in the South, whatever. So they throw Mm -hmm. that on there. And then, you know, it's just a little bit of everything. It is so
1: nice. That's, I think that's really fascinating. Like the different regions, like I, I was born in Missouri. So I'm used to like Kansas city barbecue, but then I moved to Memphis and Memphis Mm -hmm. has its own like barbecue. And then like, I was stationed in Georgia. So like Georgia, North and South Carolina, like the barbecue and now I'm in Texas is just so different everywhere you go and everybody (laughs) has their own thing. Yes,
2: Even North Carolina is like Eastern versus Western styles, you know, I'm in the center. So it's crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you're in the car and a song comes on and it's the song that you crank up and Mm -hmm. sing along, regardless of where you are. What song is it?
2: Oh my goodness. Um, so this is impossible for me to answer because I don't know if you know the thing I love almost almost as much as books is music. Yep. Okay. So I am so um I love every, and I love and I really love a lot of stuff. I have a very eclectic, um, music taste. So like right now the thing I'm jamming to is Leave the Door Open. Was it Silk Sonic, which is a uh, Anderson Bruno Park and, Mars. and, and Bruno <laughs> Mars. So that was, I was listening to that this morning and I'm also on good days by Scissor right now. So I'm playing that on repeat all the time. So oh I can't gosh. really tell you what thing, because I, I rock out to everything. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Yeah. And here in the South, like in the car, most people don't put their windows down. even when you know, they run the air conditioner all the time. Cause you know, it's either <laughs> super hot, or there's pollen flying everywhere. Yeah. And so I'm a person who likes fresh air. So sometimes I'll let my window down. And I'll forget that I'm sitting at a stoplight singing out loud. And i sing like a <laughs> cat. Like a, like a cat <laughs> with <near> a <laughs> And I'm like singing all loud. And then I look over and people are like laughing in the car next to me. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I can't tell you one song. Um, I like a little bit of everything.
0: Okay.
1: I can only imagine the amount of like Sheryl Crow concerts I've put on for people at the top. <laughs> I love her. I, yep. I love like, her. Like when I'm in my very, like, gr- when I put my girl playlist on, I yep. <laughs> just kind of forget, like, girl, you got the window down. <laughs> I know. I'm like singing my heart out. Even when I'm in
2: the car with my husband, like sometimes I'm like, we drive and we're driving, I'm singing, singing, and then he'll start turning the music up louder. <laughs> <Drowning out. laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's amazing because, like, when I hit my headsets are on and I'm singing, like, I feel like I sound like them. And then sometimes, right. you know, <laughs> then I
1: talk, I'm like, woo, it not sound good.
2: But I enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. What is one movie that you will never stop watching?
2: Um, Pride and Prejudice, the BBC version. It takes like five and a half hours to watch with Colin Firth. <laughs> And Jennifer Ely, that is a heel I will die on. That is the only Mr. Darcy for me <laughs> is Colin Firth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have seen
2: the others and they are, you know, they're good, you know, but they're just not Colin Firth. And it's worth that that five and a half hours or whatever for me, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ten years from now, you're writing your memoir. What's the title?
2: <sighs> Oof. Um, <laughs> wow uh a special kind of weird I don't know
1: <laughs> oh I love it I love it too I love it <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like mason jar fries <laughs> push the in, push the off well, yeah.
2: that push just literally came out of my my head I don't know that's that's the only thing I can say it's just you know I have always been that girl who's a like special kind of weird and I'm and I've embraced it and mm-hmm. so I will I will continue to Embrace it. You know, know, my friends that like, like I said, have known me since we were young. I've always been that weird girl. So, and I'm still that weird girl. So, and, I, and, I, and I'm completely happy with
1: that. So. Embrace the weird. Embrace I it. it. I love it. <laughs> so you've already talked a little bit about like what's to come next. Um, You know, so do you have any dates or anything like that? Like People can expect anything, yeah. Yes, so October
2: is when Just a Little Married okay, it's <laughs> coming out. <laughs> the funny thing is, okay, so last year was my year of second chance romances, mm-hmm. I had like four releases, I think every three of them were second chance romance out of the four. And then I never thought I would write a marriage of convenience since I write contemporary romance, and mm-hmm. yeah. here I am in this year writing two, so. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Waking Up Married is uh, Friends to Lovers, Woke Up Married, Modern Marriage of Convenience Story, and (laughs) this one is going to be a marriage of convenience, and of course, because I don't ever do anything exactly right, or normally, this one's going to, like, it's a marriage of convenience, but it's kind of a twist, because I think, like, I always think of most marriage of convenience, like, they get married early on, and then they kind of fall in love as the story goes on, and this one doesn't exactly happen like that, so... Um, but it is a marriage of convenience, so. Yay! <laughs> so that's that. And then I'm going to have a book, I think in May, we're still not sure of the date, um, with Rose Gold Press, which is an author, okay. small author press. And it's going to be called Something About You. And it's <sighs> about two grandparents. Well, they no, no. They're two older people, like 45 and 49. Yep. And they meet at this tapas bar, and they're totally into each other. And like he's trying to get his Mac on. And then they discover that his son is about to marry her daughter, and they're about to come become grandparents. So, while they're trying to stop this whole wedding from happening, they fall in love. So that's called <laughs> something about right you, is. and that should be coming out. And th- I think in May is the date that we're gonna it's gonna hit. So as oh, soon yeah. as I know, I'll let everybody, start letting everybody know.
1: That sounds incredible. <laughs> no, it does. It does. I just have to ask before we wrap this up: Is there? A series that's not desire that you are you've been like I would like to give this a try, uh, or yes. even if it's a line that's ended like just hypothetically, like mm-hmm. you know what I would have wrote a really good
2: Blaze novel. <laughs> <laughs> I love Blaze. Would've. Oh my goodness, um, mm-hmm. I, I've had my eye on maybe Special Edition or whatever, but um, I actually have two series that I really 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 want to write, and one okay. is and I even have started. Uh, each book, one is a romantic thriller series. I don't okay. know if there's a whole bunch of details about the 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 what what the bases of the series are, but it's, it's a romantic thriller series. That I really really want to write. And then there is a historical series set in like the time mm. of the Harlem Renaissance that I really. really
1: That's liked. my favorite historical. Yes. Please write it. Please write <laughs> no, it. Also,
2: <laughs> and that one also, I've started both books on both of those series so like it's just a matter of like trying to find the time to fit yeah. that in and not freak my agent out because it is something totally different than I've done before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um yeah but I definitely would love that and so I feel like right now because I do have less happening this year like mm-hmm. that I have in previous years um it will probably be a good time to maybe finish at least the first book in one or both of those series <laughs> That'd be
1: awesome. so that my
2: agent can start pitching it. So we shall
1: see. Shout Yay. out to your agent. Yes, <laughs> We're yes. rooting for your age. <laughs> I I
2: appreciate her very much because she's always um like, she's very proactive and she's always like checking in to make sure like, she never is, like, trying to push me to do more. She's always the mm-hmm. person, like, hey, do you have time in your schedule? To- you know, you're a very busy person. Yeah. Do you have time in your mm-hmm. schedule to do that? And she always, like, will reach out and say, hey, is there something I can do for you? That I absolutely adore. So um, I love that sure. for you. Yeah. Shout out to the agency. I love the like, agency and my my author, Pam, my uh,
1: agent, Pamela Hardy. So, mm-hmm. So where can everybody follow you online? You mentioned YouTube earlier. So, yeah. you know, where's all where's the spaces that we can stalk you?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um the easiest thing to go to is my website which is reesryan.com and that's Reese with an s r e e s e r y a n.com. And then from there you can find everything else um because I'm on Twitter probably most now. Um, mm-hmm. Instagram second, Facebook third, and I do have a private, um, Facebook group as well that you can access all of that from our website, um, where we have fun and authors come visit us and we do different things. And then of course there's the YouTube, um, channel. So actually tomorrow from when we're filming this, um, which is going to be Wednesday, the 24th is I'm going to have, um, be talking to author Sharon C. Cooper and Deborah, uh, Fletcher Mello. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about diversity in romantic suspense, which oh, you yeah, don't yes. see a ton of. Nice. And yeah. they both wrote, wrote, write romantic suspense, so like, and then mm-hmm. I've had you know tons of conversations with people like Beverly Jenkins and you know Brenda Jackson, and just you know all these great conversations we've had about different things. Um, there was a great conversation I had with members of RWA about what you know what's happening there and the changes and stuff like that so just lots of great conversations it's mostly reader centered but you know we also do have things to touch on and relate to authors as well so it's been a really fun and it's great too because it's interactive because we do it live and so readers mm-hmm. can participate and like a lot of times mm-hmm. when I have somebody like Brenda Jackson or um, Beverly Dinkins, I'll ask in advance for reader questions so I'm actually reading their questions so they get to ask her questions so that's awesome
1: Oh, well, if you cool. have like a graphic or something, can you shoot it to us and we can send it out? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Okay. We'll
1: do. <laughs> okay. And I promise this is it. <laughs> do you have an author that you want to shout out? Somebody that you think everybody should go mm-hmm. pick up their book right now?
2: Uh, so so many, I would say so many of my word maker um, fellow authors. Okay, okay, well, let me start with two desire authors. And that's Karen Booth and, and Joss Wood, who I absolutely love everything that mm-hmm. they do. Um, a lot of my word maker uh, authors like Tasha L. Harrison. Um, oh, gosh, her, a taste of her own medicine. I love a taste of her so own good. medicine. And, um, oh, God, I'm reading right now the one with the super young guy and the older woman. I, can't I bought that one on
1: paperback. I can't yes. remember the
2: name right now, but I <laughs> love that one. And Mika,
1: I think it's like if she says yes or something. Oh yes,
2: that's it. Oh my god, yeah. yeah, I love that. And then I just picked up uh, Mika James. Just had a new release, a "Renovation mm-hmm. of Love," and uh, Mika's so funny and has the, this dry humor, and she cracks me up in the in our our word writing our sessions, <laughs> so <Some> first <weird laughs> stuff. And then one of my writing partners, um, my writing bestie, is Kay Sterling, who writes "Male um, uh, Male." Uh, a, um, romance and <laughs> she has a series out right now that's set in, it's the Bisbee Bachelors and it's set in, in Bisbee. And it sort of has like this paranormal elements and stuff on top Ooh. of the uh, male male romances mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's been so fun to see her take that from concept to her doing that's each awesome. one of those. So any of those awesome. authors, thank really you, stuff,
1: very so. cool. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with yep. us today and for being our first guest. Yay! We yeah, are well so excited. About that. I feel like I should make a t shirt. Right? <laughs> I definitely think this needs to happen. Yes. And we're going to have an envelope on it, and it's just going to say push, push, push. <laughs> <for me. Yeah. laughs> I love it.
2: I love it. Rebel with the cause, push the envelope. The first,
1: there
2: you go. <laughs> the first of <on> the chats. <laughs>
1: well for everyone listening if you have not picked up your copy of waking up married it's incredible go introduce yourselves to zora and dallas their romance is amazing the series in general is incredible but Mm -hmm. like Zora and Dallas I'm still not over them and I feel like it's going to be a while so I know Lord. right thank <laughs> you I've been
2: so excited about the love people have been giving Zora and Dallas in this book so thank you all I appreciate it yes yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for joining us happy reading everyone and we will chat with you in our next episode